What's Cooking, supported by Auckland Art Gallery Toyo Tamaki. Become a member today for great art benefits. Now, all the <coughs> all the way from Wellington, we should have on the line Rian Sheehan. Are you there, mate? Yora, yes, I am. Uh, what Thanks a pleasure! What a pleasure to be able to speak to such a, a, a <coughs> music a music legend. Uh, <laughs> Like I guess uh, potentially one of the most widely listened to like globally New Zealand musicians, just kind of you know like a bit of a sleeper hit with so much music widely uh, available and you know like on you know TV and film and that sort of stuff. Um, man, what a fantastic career! Oh, thank you very much. You know, it's been it's been a while. <laughs> Yeah, it's been. I think I've been releasing music for twenty-two years now. Yes. So, um, yeah. So it's it's been a long journey, but that's that's uh, that time has slipped by like anything. As mm. It does. Mm. I mean, Ryan yeah. Chen, how did, how did you get your start? Where where did your musical journey begin? Um. So I, I was. I well, it started when I was. I, I didn't pick up a guitar until I was about thirteen, and. I ended up in like cover bands from the age of 17 and uh, um, went to university and studied composition for a while. I didn't actually finish my degree. I dropped out in the last year and was dabbling in um, kind of electroacoustic music with a computer and started pissing around in my uh, student flat in Christchurch and then moved back up to Wellington in my early 20s and uh, met up with um, with Mikey Tucker from Loop um, Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was it was running a magazine called Loop mm-hmm. Magazines at the time, and and they started releasing. You know, I played him some of my music, and and he asked me if we could release uh, some tracks. With a, you know, the the magazine used to come out with a CD mm. every month, and um, and it kind of broke a few artists. And what you know, like smaller ones like me, definitely it gave gave them gave them a little bit of a um, you know. A, a, it's in a bass, I guess, but I, I didn't have it all really because I, I, I was I was absolutely um, no, nobody had heard my music before then, and that um, that kind of led on to um, they folded the magazine folded. I don't know how much you know about that, but then Mikey always wanted to start a record label, so he started Loop, and my album Paradigm Shift, which was I would have been my early twenties, maybe twenty three or something when that came out, and that was their first release, and I think they released um, Black Seeds. A month later, just keep mm-hmm. on pushing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Goodness me. What to, I mean, what era were you in Christchurch? Were you down there when all the, you know, like the shapeshifter and Tiki Tane's of the world? Oh, yeah, were I used to fly. I, I used to flat with Sam from Shapeshifter. Oh, yeah, Sambora. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Devin was a mate of mine down then. Down then at, 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 at that time, and and um, I was actually at their first ever gig. You know, when I remember when they formed mm-hmm. and they played a gig at the Ducks Deluxe, so I was around at the the inception of of, um, of mm-hmm. Shapeshifter. Yeah, Man, sure. what a fertile uh, yeah. place, surrounded by so much talent. Far out. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I never really. I mean, they've, who would have thought? I never knew they'd have the longevity that they have. It's incredible, and you know, all the music that Shapeshifter making, but also the music that Devon's making yes. under Pacific Heights, and. Um, yeah, incredibly talented bunch of humans. Um, yeah. Now uh, you obviously got a, a bunch of um, musical releases, you know, like that you've personally done, but you're also doing a bunch of stuff for film and TV. And we were just like uh, basically having a bit of a trawl through the list. Bit of a and peruse. Like you've recently done Kunk on Earth, 
um, which we've sort of all had a good watch here in Auckland. I mean, how much music do you provide for something like Kunk on Earth? Is it just a song? Uh, I just or... only pro- no, no, no. So they, I provided the the opening track for the. Um, so it's it's basically it's the way the show would open was was my music. So wow, yeah, so wow. I, I didn't didn't write the the entire. Um, I think I just like the thing. Yeah, well, it wasn't a written. It wasn't like a, a scored um, mm-hmm. series. It was yeah, you know, licensing music. But um, yeah, no, I've no, I've been very lucky to to have had some opportunities like that over the years, and uh, and you know, predominantly that's what I do these days, um, scoring and uh, like television, and film, and, you, but also a, a big part of my work is is location based experiences, like um, <clears throat> working on everything from roller coaster rides to yeah, uh, okay. planetarium shows and. Yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting. How does one score for a roller coaster ride? Uh, that was, it was very challenging, actually. Um, we, Big strings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a roller coaster in Abu Dhabi, and it's for a, a huge, it's the biggest indoor amusement park, um, theme park. It's called Ferrari World. It's, it's, um, it's quite off the radar here, but it's a, it's a big thing over there. Yeah. But, um, and they, uh, yeah, they just released. Um, they just released the Mission Ferrari, um, and they, they released it about six months ago. It took years to build, so I, I'd actually written the music a few, quite a few years ago, and um, you know it was really challenging. I mean, I didn't, you know, they, they provide you with a, a, a previs, so you get to kind of experience it visually. Um, mm. But um, I haven't even I haven't been there, and I haven't written it, but people seem to be enjoying it. But yeah, there's music on board and off board. I wrote about 50 minutes of orchestral music. It's a spy themed. Roller coaster, so it's um, it's you, you know if you if you if anyone's listened to my albums and they went on that ride and listened to the music, they would never know it was me. It's, yes, um, completely different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How does I mean how do these initial conversations begin for writing music for a roller coaster ride or writing music for Kunk on Earth? Um, well, it's um, yeah, someone usually approaches me. I mean, the roller coaster ride was a client I've worked with in the UK and then that came and that led on to another the clients uh, the people that were building the roller coaster ride in America an American company mm. and um, I was um, hired you know they, they got in touch and said would you be into this you know based mm. on all the work that we've heard mm. and I'd never written I'd never written music like that in my life you know yes. they said we wanted something that was very um, spy orientated you know Mission Impossible uh, yeah it must have been <laughs> fun right well, it's just I, I just love the challenge of it, you know. Um, yeah. And you know, I love the opportunity. I'm, I'm grateful for those opportunities, but I love the challenge of diving into new territory and and that fear of uh, that kind of imposter syndrome that kicks in. I can't do this, but I, I love breaking through that. It's a, yes. it's, a, mm. it's, a, it's a it's a fun it's a fun feeling to get to the other side of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, now, uh, now uh, this evening's feature is sort of based around a musical guest selection. Um, I, I'm not sure if we'll get through all these tracks tonight, but we've we've got a bunch here ready to go. Um, what would you like to play first? First up, and why? Oh, good question. Um, well, Can you remember I, what I, you I, sent I, through? <laughs> uh, what did I send through? I think. Okay, so we've uh, got a mixture of stuff. Elliot, I imagine. Um, tangerine Dream. Yeah, my son, my son and daughter have been listening to Elliot Sumner, um, and, and I don't know if she's she's quite off the radar too. But um, that's a great track, and people don't know. Well, I mean, I, I didn't know until recently that she's Sting's daughter. But um, 
Wow. She's she released an album in 2018. I don't think she's released anything since, but um, it's a great album. So right. Maybe that's a it's, it's a maybe that's a good drive time kind of track. All right, let's hear it. Let's go for it. Sail away. 
Rian, I've got a question for you. Sure. Now, this doesn't actually feel like that long ago to me, but uh, Jacob put out an album in 2014 called Signs, which is an absolutely amazing album. And it is. you did some of the string arrangements for it. How, are they also a crew of dudes that you know just from around the um, trap? So, so how did that come to pass? Uh, so Jeff Foyle and I are friends, and we he um, we actually had a mutual friend, which was Paul McClaney, and I was looking, I think the, the way that we met was it would have been 2009, 2010, and I was, I, I was asked to play this show in Spain, and uh, and they they didn't have a lot of money, so they, they just wanted a couple, you know, like three of us. So I, I got in touch with Jeff via Paul, and um, and because uh, I was a big Jacob Jacob fan, mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, would you be interested in like helping me put this set together and this kind of ambient set?" And yeah, that's how we met. And um, and and he actually he's can you know he's played on my last three albums, I think. Jeff mm-hmm. yes. Jacob, yeah. So. Um, uh, Yes, a lot of a lot of the textural guitars and things. Uh, him and yeah, yeah. So he would have yeah. He asked me. I'm just trying to racking my brains about how I came about to do the string arrangements yeah. on that album. But he he would have he asked me. I think at the time, you know, would, would I do it? And um, and with did. Jeff, yeah. with Jeff playing on your albums, is does he just put together whatever he wants at home? Would you guys meet up? Does he make his way over to Wellington yeah. and do it in the studio with you? Yeah, he, he would do that. I mean, I had I kind of sketch everything out, and um, a, a lot of you know a lot of what Jeff has contributed to my albums is kind of reinforcing the string arrangements, you know. Um, so because he's got such a big kind of beautiful sound. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd, a lot of it I'd already written. Um, some of it came from jamming. With you know, we co-wrote a track together on my album Standing in Silence. Um, I think it's called Standing in Silence Part Four. That's a, that's a, a collab, um, but yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah. He'd come down and, and we'd just jam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you bring up "Standing in Silence" because uh, that was the first album that I ever heard from you. Um, ah. Because it was part of the music from that album was on a little web series called Reservoir Hill that was filmed at my high school. <laughs> um, oh. It's. It, it, I'm just kind of thinking, though, like, do you remember any of the kind of production behind that album, how you kind of contributed to that web series? But then there's also this, like, eight-year gap between Standing in Silence and Paradigm Shift. Uh, there's there's a stylistic difference. Like, you know, yep. Paradigm Shift is very electronica, even though it is still ambient, and then you bring an orchestral element with Standing in Silence. Um I kind of would really love to know, like, how you kind of developed your own sound, I guess, uh, transitioning from one album to the next. Uh, well, there was an album in between. Actually, there were two albums in between. One, but one was a remix album, um, uh, and that was what came out in two thousand and five. Uh, that was called Music for Nature Documentaries, which. <laughs> And the, the title was inspired by a bad review I had from Grant Smithies. Um, he reviewed <laughs> one of my Smithies, albums. Smithies, how dare he? Come on. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was like a very Brian Eno-esque <laughs> title. No, yeah. no, in fact, no, I, I spoke to Grant a few years ago and we had a good laugh about that one. Yeah. And I thanked him for the, the album title. But um, uh, no, no, so there was an album called Tiny Blue Biosphere, which came out in 2004. And 
that was a little bit more commercially successful, I think, you know, than um, Paradigm Shift. But but uh, I ended up playing, you know, shows. I, I played a lot in Australia and a little bit in England, like London and Germany. And, and, um, and I realised I was playing in clubs and, you know, I played in places like Fabric and some really cool places. But mm. I was... Did you I, meet I, Errol Alkin? Sorry? Do you manage to meet Errol Alkin? Errol? No. No, no, no. Okay, right. but um, but I, but I, so I was never really into electronica, but I felt like I ended up pigeonholing myself into it for some mm. reason. And um, and when I say I'm not, I am. I love electronic music, and I and I still create it, but I just didn't feel, uh, you know, confident about performing it live and you know in front of a laptop. And so I ended up just playing, going on this trajectory where I was playing shows, you know, with laptops and 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 a MIDI controller and I just didn't I, I didn't really enjoy it and I you know and um, I think Standing in Silence came was a was a reaction I think to that and mm. Standing in Silence was an album that was made with lots of real musicians and a band in a room and and, um, and a string section and, and, and so forth and yeah that's how that album came about it was just a natural progression in my own journey of making music I think and, and since then I, I guess I carried on that, in, that, in that kind of stylistically in that way. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. And now what else? We've got a, obviously a load more of the songs here um, queued up. What would you like to play and why? Um, we could go, what about, um, oh gosh, what about the Beach Boys? God oh, yeah. only know. I love that song. I, you know, that album is one of my favourite albums, um, Pet Sounds of all time. It's just, just such a beautiful album. Okay, let's hear it. But long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. If you should ever leave me, will life would still go on, believe me. The world show nothing to me so what good would living do me God only knows what I'd be without you what I'd be with. 
stupid question. Is that Phil Spector? The production? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Was it? No. Okay. I don't. No, I don't think. I, but I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But the I'll do a on quick that Google on that. I am actually yeah. do not know that much about. I mean, obviously. Yes, I know a little bit about the Beach Boys, but I'm just not, for some reason I was like, did Phil Spector do their engineering? Did well, it? it's definitely that sound where you know it sounds it's such a big, thick sound. It sounds like it's you know a whole band in a room. And I know that you know um, there was a band in the room, the Wrecking Crew, that played on it. That LA, you know, the, the group of session musicians that played all over that album. Mm. Um, so, say so maybe possibly he did um, produce it. I don't know. Ryan, of obviously having such a um, a long career in the music industry. Do you have you managed to meet a couple of musical heroes, or is there anyone that you've met in your career of music that you have been particularly excited to meet, or stoked to meet, or really interested to meet? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Um, I've met yeah, I've met some interesting people. I've, uh, an Australian composer, Lisa Gerard. I've been a massive fan of. She was in a she's in a band called Big Can Dance, um, which is also you know, she wrote actually she wrote the score for a New Zealand film called The Whale Rider, but um, she's and she's probably more well known for you know collaborating with Hans Zimmer on um, Gladiator and a whole bunch of things, and she she tours with him. But um, I've met her a few times, and that, that's someone I, I really look up to and respect and admire. Um, and she was just she's just such a lovely um, lady, and, and that was you know, and that that was a, that was a great experience meeting her. I've met other people. It hasn't been so great, you know, <laughs> that I've looked up to. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, yes, yeah, so I'm a spare girl. Do you I, um, think? Do you think you, when you met, sometimes meet someone and you're like, oh, they're just ha- they're just having a bad day? Just a letdown? Oh. Do you think they're having a bad day, or do you think it's just going? Yeah, on? yeah. I, um, question. That, I mean, um, it's uh, it's. I, I, I guess it's a funny thing having someone come up to you that is a fan of. That you do, it and you know, and they're going to have all these expectations about how that you're going to behave or whatever. Mm. So I, it's um, I had a great experience a few years ago because my son is a, a playing guitar player. He's um, he plays. He's really into people like Joe Satriani and Steve Vine. He plays, you know, plays all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but he, we met. Um, uh, we got backstage. We got invited backstage. Um. At Joe Satriani's concert, um, mm-hmm. he's a, you know, legendary guitar yes. player, and yes. and he, he was he was just such a lovely guy, and he yeah. just he said some really inspiring words to my son, and and, and that, that was a lovely experience. Yeah, it's amazing. I there is certainly yeah. some people who have definitely a knack for it, and I when you see it in action, <clears throat> someone who is like you know turning around and giving a fan or someone who's really into it. 110 percent mm. i mean that is a an, an art in itself and when you see it it's quite powerful it is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. um all right shall we get into another tune um okay um what about uh, uh there's this guy lawn who i'm really into this electronic artist from the states um yeah so i love this track time sync it's fantastic sorry you no you go no, I was going to say, it never really kicks in, but it feels like it's going to the whole time, and I think that's what I love about this track. It's just, um, it's a it's a great track to turn up loud. Yes! Let's go! <laughs> Time 
All right, Rian, here's another question for you. Um, you're in you're in Wellington, like Miramar, right? Yes. Yep. Um, now, in your spare time, I don't know how much spare time you've got as a music composer, um, but it says here that you've been you've been in a few films as well, uh, particularly as a military engineer in both Avatar films. Uh, Yes, yes, I, I have. How did, uh, how did not, that come about? How did you end up um, on Cameron's uh, set? They were being, they're both both filmed in my neighbourhood. So, um, in fact, I'm, I think I'm a number three as well. Uh, but that's so they were filming. But you know, I, there was just a, a friend on both occasions. I think who said, "Hey, they need somebody." Um, I was just there for a few days, uh, kind of mulling around in a costume, trying to act like. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not an actor, so. <laughs> but it, it, we, um, I do appear in the second one. Yeah, um, it's not a big role at all. But it, it's. Um, I was recently in the states, and we're in New York, and and we, we were with the kids, and we saw it in the cinema there, and they got a thrill. They got a thrill by <laughs> seeing thrill. their dad. But, um, I mean, you can see you can see half of Wellington in that film anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you not have to crack out like a little magnifying glass at the projector screen and being like, oh yeah, where is he? <laughs> Oh, then there's one scene that if you knew where to look for me, you'd see me. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I, you know, I'm a, I'm a science fiction nerd, but it was, so it was kind of nice being on a science fiction film set. I mean, the film sets, the Avatar film sets are just insane. Um, and I do a lot of work for Weta Workshop here, you know, writing music for different projects that they work on. And my mm. wife actually works for Weta Workshop as well, so we're reasonably connected within the film industry here mm. in, in Miramar. Um, so yeah, it's not not wasn't particularly um, uh, you know hard to end up on on the set. You know? do, you, do you have an all time all time favourite sci fi film? Certainly, I certainly do. It would have to be Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my favourite sci fi of all time. And I, I think I followed up with Children of Men. Yes. Um, wow. 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 Did you did you enjoy the sequel? Did you enjoy Blade Runner too? Uh yeah. I mean, I, that's an interesting story actually because we had a workshop did all the miniatures for that so and Richard Taylor and I well he knows that I'm a huge fan of Blade Runner and I was kind of unofficially asked to come on board and um, to come on set often and give my feedback mm-hmm. on how it looked which was pretty amazing um, and being a Blade Runner fan that was that was a real thrill to, mm. um, to be in that world and I reckon yeah, I, 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 that yeah. sequel I reckon was fantastic so good, I love it. Yeah, it's um, I, I I have a few issues with the story, but mm. uh, but I, it it really it, it's beautifully shot and it and it pulls you into that world. It's um, yeah, no, it's no, it's a fantastic. But I mean, you, you could, uh, you know, I've been such a Blade Runner fan since I was a teenager when I first used to. It was one of those films that would pop up on TV and and um and I just became obsessed with it. And once I had the the DVD, I would um I watch it all the time. But mm. so I, I had this own vision of of where. Would go, and I think every Blade Runner fan probably has their own, you know, or had their own vision of where things would go. So, so you can't you can't satisfy everyone who's a fan of the original film. Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan, should we play this Tangerine Dream? Yeah, let's go for it. Great, great track.
Tangerine Dream, Love on a Real Train, <clears throat> as linked by Ryan Sheehan on the phone all the way from Wellington. Hey, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you this evening. Oh, um, likewise. You got some new music on the way? Yeah, I have been um, collaborating with uh, a guitar player, uh, Ali Lieberman, who's based in Auckland, actually, um, and he's a fellow composer. And uh, he predominantly does film and um, documentary work. So we have, um, yeah, so we've just finished an album and we, we just sent it off to New York to be mixed. So that's that's kind of exciting. So um, hopefully that'll come out early next year, I think. Excellent, excellent. Right, we're gonna we're gonna go out in one of your tunes. Um, Corey selected this one. I did pick this one. An afternoon on the moon from Paradigm Shift. Um, any any stories behind this one, Ryan? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's funny. This album I feel funny about because it's just I, you know, it's 22 years old now. And I just didn't know what I was doing. It was it was made in my bedroom, so at a crappy student flat. That yeah, perfect, of. perfect, uh, mate. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right, mate. Hey, thank you so much um, for jumping on the on the phone. Uh, we'll see you next time guys. you're up in thanks Auckland. Cheers, mate. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Cheers, brother. Have a great evening. Cooking, supported by Auckland Art Gallery Toyo Tamaki. Become a member today for great art benefits.